Sometimes authority actually destroys engagement. There are very few people that want to be micromanaged. There are very few people that want to have no say in the change that's happening in their business. There are very few people that don't want their manager to listen to them or hear their ideas. But there are bosses all day long that do those things. Hi, and you just entered the Leadership Gym. I'm Randy Hall. I'm an executive coach and leadership consultant. And this is the place where we work on our ability to lead our team, lead our business, and yes, lead ourselves. If you are looking to improve your capabilities as a leader, you are in the right spot. I'm glad you're here. We're talking about bad bosses today. Bad bosses. Everybody's probably had one or heard of one. I saw some research the other day that said 76% of people say they either have had or currently have a toxic boss. Now, let's be clear. If we've led a group of people for any period of time, we've screwed some stuff up. There's maybe days we've been considered a toxic boss. So some of these statistics that you hear really don't always match to the real world. That probably doesn't mean that 76% of all the bosses in the world are toxic. And there are employees that certainly no matter who they work for, will view their own sort of circumstances as the boss's fault. We've probably all, if we've led teams for a while, had people that would rather defend their work than they would improve their work. They would rather the boss be wrong and them keep doing what they're doing with their same habits and patterns and not have to change. We know that. We also know that the better we get as bosses, the fewer times we create those kinds of dynamics. The more times we actually help people perform at higher levels because of how we work with them, even if they're initially resistant to that. But we don't get it right all the time. Nobody does. I don't care how long we've been doing it, how much we've practiced it. But we have to admit that there's an awful lot of bad bosses out there. There are an awful lot of times that they don't make a team better, make a team stronger, make a team more productive, get better results, have more engaged people, or any sort of measurement that we want to use to determine the success of a boss. And it's getting harder. When we're in a place with talent in the world where talent is hard to find, great people are hard to find, keeping them is important, keeping them engaged is even more important. Bossing matters. I shouldn't say it like that because bossing really doesn't matter. We're talking about leadership, but people that are in those roles of the boss matter, maybe more than they ever have. Maybe that's the single biggest contributing factor to an organization's success, to a business's future, is the quality of the managers inside that business. They affect everything. 
about 70 to 80% of an employee's engagement is directly driven by the manager. Again, there are exceptions. There are people that probably shouldn't have been hired into those roles. There are people that get wrapped up in their own heads in ways that don't allow them to be successful and no great coach can pull them out of it. Those things happen. But there are an awful lot of people that aren't progressing in ways or aren't approaching leadership in ways that allow them to get the kind of results that a really good leader could with that same group of people. And that's what we're talking about here. We're all going to have days where we're a bad boss. I can think of several, just for myself, that have been bad boss days. And we are still going to progress in ways that cause us to have fewer of them, cause us to help more people become successful, cause us to have more productive conversations than we do destructive conversations. That's our opportunity in leadership. And the reality is that lots of people have not seized that opportunity. They've gotten into a management role and then executed it badly in a way that destroyed the future of the organization or certainly held it back. And so we're going to talk about some of the things today that actually cause people to be bad bosses. Some of the things that in my thousands of coaching conversations and my work with organizations that you see that consistently cause bosses to be less than they could. And that's bad. The first one that I want to call out is is when we see people, we see people in management roles value authority over impact. Now, it's pretty cool to have some authority. A lot of people get into management roles because they can have some authority. They get to be in charge, be in control, make more decisions, have more of their ideas implemented, have people do what they want. That kind of feels good in some ways, and people can get attracted to that. Heck, there are people in homeowners associations and things like that that actually volunteer to do the work so they can be in charge of something because it feels good. I get that. That's a human thing that, hey, I like having more control over my circumstances, the world around me, maybe my time, maybe my calendar, certainly this team, other people. That feels important to me. It helps my self-esteem. It causes me to believe that I'm at a little higher level, that I'm more successful. That's okay. It's completely okay. And we shouldn't not want authority, even though it makes us feel good. The key is that the only reason we have authority, the only reason organizations give authority to people inside their organization is so they can use it to produce better results, to help people become more productive, to build stronger, more effective teams. And it's a little bit ironic because authority doesn't do that. Engagement does. And sometimes authority actually destroys engagement. There are very few people that want to be micromanaged. There are very few people that want to have no say in the change that's happening in their business. There are very few people that don't want their manager to listen to them or hear their ideas. But there are bosses all day long that do those things with their authority that are disengaging. It's just nobody that gets out of bed in the morning and says, man, I want to have somebody else control my world 
and micromanage me and not let me have any input. That's not what gets people excited about their job, about that role. And so authority is an opportunity to go create engagement on a team, but sometimes we just get attracted to the authority part and we miss the opportunity to have impact part because we are now responsible for this team, not in charge of them. We are now in a place where we can contribute to their success, not demand their compliance. And so we have to approach a leadership role with an understanding that we measure ourselves through impact, not through how much control we have, but how much of a difference we make. And a lot of bosses, a lot of managers lose sight of that. If you feel like you have, I want you to revisit your definition of success as a leader. What are the things that are really important to you in terms of outcomes, in terms of your legacy, in terms of your relationships with the team, in terms of how the team thinks about you, the perspective they have on your qualities and your ability to lead. Think about that, build that out, then make sure that the things we're doing align with that. But if we don't have a target in mind for what a good boss looks like, it is very likely that we will become a bad one. We're not pursuing anything. We're not chasing a a picture of success. We're not chasing a set of results or a set of behaviors that we feel good about if we haven't taken time to do that work. And a lot of times when I work with leaders and we start there, hey, what's your definition of success? Like, what does leadership mean to you? You've been given this responsibility. How do you know if you used it well? A lot of people haven't done that work. They don't know that answer. They're not moving in that direction. And therefore, they do the second thing that causes bosses to be bad. They rely on their impulses more than their intentions. It is also very rare that a boss goes into a job, a manager goes into that job and intends to be thought of as a bad boss. Like that doesn't happen very often either. It wasn't their intention. It was just their impulses that got them there. And so they value authority. They think that's the end game. That's one, because they don't have a definition that looks different. And two is because they haven't done that work, they simply follow their impulses, not their processes, not their guidelines, not their principles, not their best choices as their best selves as a leader. That's not what they're following when they're a bad boss. Rarely. They're following their impulses. This is what I feel like doing. This is what I think that other person needs to hear. This is how I think that other person should change in order to improve their work. That's just an impulse. It's not a fact. It's not always correct. And it certainly doesn't get delivered in a way that helps people engage. My intention might be to be a good coach. My intention might be to have a conversation with someone that actually helps them think differently and perform differently or grow and learn and develop. The problem is, unless I've planned that conversation to do that, I simply rely on my impulses for how it might happen. I might have the impulse to to lash out at them or just tell them what I think they should do or to just reprimand them for the things they're doing wrong so they'll do all the right stuff because I think that happens. It doesn't. Those might be my impulses though even though my intentions 
might be to build a strong team, to build a cohesive unit that is exceptionally productive and continues to get better at the work that they do. If I have an intention to build a really strong culture on this team, but I tolerate the jerk on it because they are a quality producer or because they get good end results, whether it's sales or projects they manage or work that they do or quantity of work that they do, then I'm not doing the things that I intended because my impulse is to just avoid that conversation a little bit because they're doing okay. They're not really tearing anything apart and man, do they get stuff done, right? So I'm going to hang on to them. Difference between intentions and impulses. I've watched managers say things in meetings to people in coaching conversations that they never would have wanted to say that way when given the choice between the different kinds of outcomes they were going to get. So if I said, hey, do you want someone who goes home, is disengaged, is less interested in doing good work for you or this company, would you want that? Most managers would say, no, I don't ever want that. But when you say, hey, did it feel like you needed to do that in spite of the fact that it would cause exactly those things, now people get a choice. But rarely would they take that choice. But they did in the moment because of the impulse. And the way that we now get our intentions to happen in spite of whatever impulses or habits or other things we have, the way that we get our intentions to happen in spite of our impulses is by making a plan. How am I going to plan this conversation? What questions am I going to use? What are my goals going to be? How do I want them to think differently? What will most effectively cause them to do that? Now I'm planning a conversation that can reach the outcomes that I want, that can actually achieve my intentions rather than just hoping I have it well based on how I feel in the moment. Now, maybe after we've had 5,000 of these that are really, really good, we get to plan less. Maybe after 500, we get to plan less. But if we haven't built a track record yet of really consistent conversations that help people get better, then we have to plan more. If we're getting people to comply but disengage, then we have to plan more. And that leads me to the third thing that I see often when I work with managers that allows them to be a lower quality leader than they would intend to be, and that is lack of learning. If these are the questions I feel like asking, but they're not working, what am I doing to learn about new ones? If I'm having conversations with people and they just nod and say, okay, and yes, I'll do what you say, and they don't engage in the conversation, they're not really looking to improve, they're just looking for the conversation to end. If I notice that happening, but I don't learn some new ways to approach a conversation, then I'm missing that opportunity. If I see people improve for a little while after I get them in trouble or after I yell at them and they improve briefly, but then they return to their other ways or they follow my instructions for a short period of time, but not a long period of time, and I'm not learning a better way to sustainably help people change, then I'm missing an opportunity. So this this thought process, this assumption that the longer I do this job, the better I'll get at it 
is completely false. And a lot of people will say, well, I've been leading people for 10 years. Well, great. Are you 10 years better? Because repeating the same things that don't get you the results that you want just builds stronger habits around the wrong things. That's all it does. All your brain does is say, wow, he's repeating that part of that conversation or he's repeating that process for coaching over and over and over. We should automate that brain. We should just make that his default mechanism so that he always coaches that way. We're not getting better when that happens. We're, we're simply just encasing our bad habits in more and more concrete so that they are harder for us to shift. That's all we're doing. We're not looking for better ways to have discussions. We're just hoping those people finally get the message. And we're just reinforcing the fact that this is how we have conversations. This is our leadership style, which is a phrase, a term that always bothers me a bit. Because if it's wrong, it's not a leadership style. It's just the way you do things that doesn't work. You can have styles that don't work. You can have style for hitting a curveball that gives you a zero batting average. You can have style for coaching somebody that gives you a zero engagement score. Doesn't mean it's a leadership style. It's just the way you like to do things. So we just put that in more cement the more that we repeat it because we didn't learn new ways of doing things. We didn't go out there and get insights, explore new tools, and try to improve in some way, go avail ourselves of all of the resources that are out there today to help people lead more effectively. And yes, there's some terrible information out there too. There's some really bad things out there. But as we start to be a student of leadership in an effort to be a better boss, we start to separate those two things. We start to find common principles that might work. We start to find principles based on the science of how humans operate and how they think and how behavior change happens. We start to get a different system in place that allows us to have more impact on a daily basis. So I want you to think about those things for yourselves. Do I value authority over impact? And if I do, Let's revisit my definition of success. And that doesn't mean that when given that choice, I would say that. No, I don't value authority over impact maybe, but I might have. Like I might have done things that actually indicate to people that I do value authority over impact. Or I might have just gotten complacent with my authority. And I'm not necessarily spending enough time thinking about my impact. It's time to revisit your definition of success. If you find yourself doing what is consistent or habitual or impulsive for you rather than thinking through things. If you find yourself getting sets of results that maybe you would have changed, conversations that you probably could have had differently or better, then keep working on that because you make a better plan. What are my goals for the discussion? What are the questions I'm going to ask? How am I going to wrap it up? What are the things I want this person to know about why I'm trying to help them? What do I want this person to know about what I think about their abilities and their possibilities and their potential? Maybe that needs to be in a conversation more consistently or completely. Okay, how do I plan to make sure I put that in there? What do I write down? And then learning. What do I consume this week that helps me get better as a leader? What time do I allow my brain to spend with new thoughts, new ideas, new insights, new tools so that I can get better? 
here's the reality. If you define success as a leader and keep working toward it, if you build plans and processes that help you coach and lead more effectively, and you consistently practice those so that they become your impulses, and if you are constantly learning as a leader, looking for new ways to help people think differently, looking for new ways to support teams as they continue to get stronger and deal with the challenges they face. If you're doing those three things, you're almost never gonna have one of those bad boss days. You're never gonna be the person that causes someone else to decide this isn't the right place for them when it should have been not suggesting that there aren't times when that needs to happen, when it's better for that human. That's all good. But you're not going to be the person that causes people to be less productive, less effective, less engaged over time. You're going to be the person that changes the future of that business by changing the future of the team that you get the privilege to lead. Thanks for stopping by. I hope that you'll leave us a rating, a five-star rating, I hope, is what we've earned, and a review. Let people know we're here. Let people know they can join our conversation. Let people know they can work on their abilities to lead others, too. That matters in the world, and I appreciate you helping me do that work. So go be a good boss. <laughs> go make a difference. 